SM420, number 43. A little bit of Gorilla Glue, a little bit of Swamp Boys. And we are not letting Anna pick the topic because <laughs> where we go with that shit is fucking deep. Just Probably afraid of going deep, it sounds like. <laughs> get us canceled off of this, off of these platforms that we enjoy. Is there a Z in Swamp Boys? <laughs> That's how I spell it, B-O-Y-Z, but I don't know. I feel like if there's a Z, then it has to be B-O-I-Z. I I was just going to say, yeah. No, Boys in the Hood was (laughs) B-O-Y-Z. It was very valid. Yeah. Mm But that's before your time. That was before you were born. Things changed. Boys in the Hood came out before you were born. (laughs) A lot of things happened before I was born. That was, uh, what? I see was that Ice Cube? Yeah, he wrote it, it too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wasn't uh, like uh, like Cuba Gooding Jr. in that yeah, or something? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was the the guy that lived in another neighborhood and then moved back to his parents uh-huh. in, in the hood or whatever. Okay. Yeah, and he was like the kind of the rich boy. He like dressed nice, the pretty boy. Uh-huh. And then was it his brother that got killed who was a, like a football player or something like that? I forget. I it's I been a long time. Yeah. Great movie, remember. though. Mm-hmm. Supposedly Ice Cube wrote that while he was on tour. Oh yeah, huh? Uh, yeah. I think like, he, like, was he with NWA or was he? He was after. Okay. Yeah. So he was mm-hmm. solo. Yeah, he was like touring with Too Short or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that was um, like recently. I re-listened to the um, Ice Cube diss song of. Yeah, it's great. You know, NWA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fucking. <laughs> it's great. I think he probably had the best best diss, diss song. song probably, and yeah. then Tupac. Uh, I, f- I fucked your bitch, you fucked oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not as catchy. I, I fucked your bitch. <laughs> yeah. But uh, was that directed towards... Biggie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, because didn't they say that he was potentially the one who shot him or something? There's so a, they tried to make it out to be. Right, but yeah. there's, a, there's actually a really good documentary on Netflix about who they think killed Biggie Smalls and... It, it goes pretty deep into some conspiracy shit. It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. wild. I didn't realize how much was involved in all that. Death Row Records. like the, Yeah, Suge Knight was a fucking gangster. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, they had like 10 FBI agents that infiltrated Death Row Records and was working for them for years before they could oh, wow. find anything on Suge Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah he uh, he hung, uh, or he had people hang... Uh, Vanilla, vanilla off the balcony on <laughs> from his feet, right? Yeah. <laughs> for that ice, ice baby, yeah. for the and he gave tr- it to him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you do? <laughs> Just sign this. <laughs> this is how we do things yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. But I did see an article with him where he was dissing, you know, the. Uh, Sugar. Uh, yeah, he was dissing the movie. Uh, what was the movie that was oh, kind of uh, like Astrid out of Compton? Yeah. Right. Okay, and he was like saying how. The character of Suge Knight was a bitch in oh, that, yeah. and he's right. like, I would never have let right. you know, wasn't like, like Doctor Dre talk to me that way, or right. you know, he's like, oh, you know, yeah. bitch would have been slapped upside <laughs> the head or whatever he said, but you know, um, yeah. Did you yeah. guys ever see Doctor Dre before he was Doctor Dre? Right mm. when he was in the punk, the funk, the, the, the world funk, class yeah. wrecking crew, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he like raps about he'll say world class wrecking crew in some songs and it sounds like some G shit. Right. And you look them up and they were all wearing these like tight onesies with yeah. sequins all over them and shit. They were like yeah, yeah like disco kind of style. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, in, in Ice Cube's um, diss video, he shows a picture of him like that. Or no, that was uh, um, who was the other guy? Easy uh, Easy's, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, his his redis disc song wasn't quite as good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh-huh. But then there's some other dude raps on it. 
So it's like I only like the first, like his verse. And then I'm like, well, there's two other guys. Song. Like, um, there's <laughs> right. what's his name? Uh, Dresta, I think is his name. And then, um, Oh, Baby right. OG. Okay, was that uh, them on that song? Is yeah. That what, okay. Yeah, so I thought yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. Uh, yeah. I don't know all those guys. I just, you know, right. I never really got into the rap scene a whole lot, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. When I was in the Army, a lot of the, you know, black guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of the, that's when Too Short and... Um, mm-hmm. Ghetto Boys and those guys were kind of big, so I remember those so guys like, just like early '90s or yeah, early uh, '90s. Yeah, uh-huh. it was funny. We had this one guy um, uh, named Anthony, and he was this, uh, or that was his last name. You know, I don't, mm. I didn't know half the people's first names because uh, everything was yeah, yeah, last yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Um, but he like loved Iron Maiden. And so he was outcast from all the other black dudes because he was like into Iron Maiden and Rush and, you know, like those just heavy metal, you know. And he, you know, he was a black dude who grew up, you know, with like more in um, suburban kind of neighborhoods than, you know, South or city or, Mm -hmm. you know, gangster rap, you know, type of um, upbringing. So he was... uh, he was always, you know, kind of, there was, you know, the standing joke with him. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. It was pretty funny. I got to see a lot of characters in the military. Mm. So, mm. What, what are you doodling over here? So, during this Oh, well, I'm podcast. just shading. I'm listening because <laughs> this was before my time. <laughs> yeah. Before your time. <laughs> Has anybody seen CB4? No. Yeah. The Chris Rock movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some of the greatest movies. Oh, man. I should watch that again. It's it, been a long it time. It still stands to this day. It's, it's like, still uh, one of the best movies. what's the Rock one, though, they make fun of? It's like a fake documentary or whatever. It's kind of like that, right? The, um, uh, the old. Yeah, but you've seen that one. The old. Um, Ah oh, man, I'm forgetting the name. God, I suck. Um, it's like <laughs> a cool. fake rock band documentary. Spinal Tap? Spinal Tap. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like yeah, Spinal it's Tap like for, for hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good yeah. analysis. Yeah, yeah Spinal Tap again. is a funny movie. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time, though. Yeah. And so, what is this movie called? CB4. CB4. Stands for Cell Block 4, but it's Chris Rock, and they're like basically retelling the story of NWA, but probably more how it actually was it's like in the in the movie it's four guys that are just from fucking regular neighborhoods they're Uh not really from the hood Uh and then they start rapping all these super hard gangster rap songs and they're all every song in that movie is a riff on an nwa song so they just change the lyrics and make it super fucking funny uh and then at the end of the movie they get realizes not being gangster or whatever it's like 25 years old or something like that. that's yeah, a pretty old yeah, movie but it's it's still one so of the were all the movies. guys from nwa were they from the hood i mean i thought that um easy e was i think they were all from compton okay but they weren't all necessarily like gangster dudes like i think yeah. like ice cube was like a he read a lot uh-huh. he was like good at school right i think he got bust into like a white school maybe okay so he was like a smart guy you know uh-huh. um so and then Dre was like a real musician. I mean, he was a DJ, uh-huh. but, you know, um, so I don't know. And then, so who else was in there? You had Easy e right? I don't even know the rest, honestly. And then there was, was wasn't there like, uh, what was his name? DJ Four Yella? 
Isn't yeah, that the DJ and then yeah, and then one other MC I think, right? Yeah, I can't remember the fourth one. Yeah. I'm not a big enough fan, I guess. Z, Ice Cube and Dre. See, I grew up with the DJ Backstreet Yellow, Boys. I yeah, but I don't remember. I was not a big fan, like that much of a fan because I have no clue what their names are. Were. Of who? Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I was just saying NWA something that I can relate to, <laughs> considering I'm the only one here NWA who can't really. Is that a what would be a Backstreet Boys? Is that JT? Is that Backstreet Boys? I want it that way. It's the only one I know. So I think, and I don't know if I dreamt this or if this was real, but when I was a kid, I went to either. Burger King or McDonald's with my dad and I don't know what happened but the people were really nice I had a happy meal I guess it was maybe it doesn't Burger King have I don't know yeah, have happy meals, yeah. yeah okay so I don't know which one it was but it was one of them and they gave me this tape of the Backstreet Boys it's just like just in the happy meal or well, I don't like know. I think separate. they were like, oh, the, you know, it's probably some we were kid talking. And was playing it, and they're like, this sucks. Give <laughs> 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 it to that girl. Just throw this in the bag. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he gave me that. Yep. Yeah. But I don't know where it went. I never. All those boy bands suck balls, in my opinion. Like I never listened to that shit growing up. It was kind of like. If you listen to boy bands, you should get your ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was in the New Kids on the Block when I was like in fourth or fifth oh, grade. Yeah, yeah, new I kid. was. That had forced damn. upon me by my mom and my sister. I was the youngest, so I was always tagging around with them, and they'd just be wailing that shit at the top of their lungs. I'd be in the back with my hands covering my ears. <laughs> God damn it, please turn this shit down. Is that hanging tough? Is that them? Jesus. Whatever. I actually <laughs> saw them and Millie Vanilli at a show once. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think that was like one of the first shows I saw when my sister took me. My first show was Grim Reaper. Hmm. Do you remember that band? It was this old heavy metal band. Uh, I don't. Like their song, their hit song was, I think, See You in Hell. It's like, see you in hell, my friend. But, you know, we're all up there kind of in the first few rows. And uh, the lead singer, he's this portly fella. And uh, he takes this big drink of whatever he's drinking. And he just spits it on the crowd. <laughs> and you see all the crowd, like, you know, fucking... Ah. He spit on me. <laughs> gross. Yeah, it was fucking gross. I was off to the side, so that was good. Mm-hmm. But that was my first show. That's still Grim weird. Reaper. How old Jack. were you? Gigi Allen. I was probably 14. 14. 13, 14. What was your yes. first show? Well, like I said, I think that was my first show. But then New after kids? that, my sister took me to New Kid or uh, uh, Queen Latifah. Ooh. Yeah, in like a gym somewhere, in like a, in a like a like a gym at some like high school or some shit. And she did a drum solo. I remember that. And then she took me to Primus. Queen Latifah did a drum solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she played the drums. Yeah, so she played the drums. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Janet dope. Jackson. She took me to Janet Jackson. What? That's what it was. Queen Latifah, Janet Jackson, and then Primus was. Primus, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's when I started getting into uh-huh. my own shit. So she took me to that. My second show was Iron Maiden. Really? Oh, wow. That'd be great. Back then, too? Yeah. My third show was wow. uh-huh. um, Ozzy Osbourne and Metallica, Master of Puppets. Wow, nice. Yeah. Wow. So I hit okay. it wow. pretty uh-huh. pretty good. Yeah, those would be great back then. My first show was Weird Al Yankovic. Really? <laughs> I was six years old. <laughs> it was at the event center in Pueblo, and 
I've always like, I don't know, even when I was little, my parents used to say I was just super sensitive to like the environment around me. My mom, my mom, my grandma always called me kindred soul. And <clears throat> anytime I'd be in big crowds, like the anxiety would just be fucking, it wasn't even anxiety. It wasn't even that I was nervous about anything. It just, it was like I could feel everybody around me. And uh, I think we were like three songs into the show and I was so excited. Like I, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was having a bad time. I was having a great time. I remember like a surgeon was starting and he was coming out on the stage <laughs> and he had he had the Madonna uh, you know the pointy tip uh, fucking bra yeah. and he and he started ripping into it and I was so pumped for it because I was actually a fan at the time <laughs> that I just started puking everywhere it was just like I was just could not handle it I was just like <laughs> 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 all, all these kids are puking it's like a sign that they're fucking jamming uh, sorry. he was great yeah he had a pretty interesting like uh-huh. perspective on things huh in the first like uh eat whatever. it do you remember that one yeah that's what <laughs> i think that's what he opened that show with because yeah. i only yeah it was eat it like Can a I, surgeon and one what's other. a amish paradise yeah that, that's a good one to you or <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is like <laughs> Stank was my second I think I was 14 and then nice. Kanye West was actually my third okay what album was that off of remember? it was after the second album uh, right nice. after like Gold Digger came out it was actually wow. a really really fucking good show he had the Colorado Symphony Orchestra with them really wow so they were even playing all the beats live that. yeah wow. and then he had the the uh, colorado choir to even come out just for the one show so wow. they, they learned his entire set so they would he would get local people that's dope yeah. yeah so he was doing that creative stuff even back then yeah that's that's cool and what's your first show let's not talk about it now, <laughs> <laughs> now we want to know yeah so do many other people, I guess. <laughs> or will. You were saying something light, not something deep. <laughs> yeah, what? Let's do this. <laughs> Is this deep all of a sudden? First show. Anna's going to tell us. No. Come on, I saw, I saw New Kids <laughs> on the Block was my answer. Yeah, that's pretty... Uh, how can you get any worse okay, than that? I don't think you get any worse I was in that. college. Um, I never really went to big shows unless they happened okay, okay. in town and they weren't like really big shows. So... Um, I only went because my roommate and our <laughs> She's friends like, oh, were going. I'm serious. I didn't even know of the band until they asked me to go. And it's, it, <laughs> it was Skillet. Um, it's like this rock. I don't know. Not rock. I don't, wouldn't call it rock. I don't know what to call it. But yeah, it's like a it. Christian band. Oh. And, but they were pretty big. Um, it was at some. Was it in Italy? No, this was in North Carolina. Skillet. Mm. Yeah. I went to college Christian for a year there. In a small place, he said? No, it was a big university. It was a huge university. Mm. I mean, where like, they played. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Did you ever hear of that band called Striker? It was in Virginia. Striker, whatever the fuck they were. Is that a Christian? Yeah, they were Sounds like familiar. a Christian heavy metal. Mm. Were they like a heavy metal They band? weren't a heavy metal. They were softer than that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was pretty cool. I had never <clears throat> been to a big concert, so I mainly wanted to go because I like being around those things sometimes. It's kind of like what you were saying, feeling some sort of energy. And um, even though I'm not someone who... It's like if I had to socialize with everyone, see, I wouldn't do it. But Mm. I could experience it as like on my own Mm. or with just my friends. 
in a different way. Yeah, to be around. I it, like being. I like seeing people really like you know the music hypes them up or whatever it plays with their mm. emotions and then you see that and it's like their concerts waves are pretty just people watching places. Places. yeah, yeah. It was, uh, i mean yeah. we used to eat acid and go to the um airport yeah see i never even think <laughs> i don't even think i drink that's so. a great place i've always oh, said that the airport is one of the most interesting places to people watch yeah because mm-hmm. the people from everywhere right and where yeah. are they going where are they coming from are they coming home you people know what get I mean? so comfortable right. sitting in those waiting areas sometimes. right right <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. like yeah. I don't know like, people going through an entire workout routine but they're like actually stripped down into workout clothes or yeah. uh, I don't know people meditating is whatever but I see that a lot. <laughs> I saw sleeping yeah. lady yeah. with a fucking dog right and the dog shit <laughs> and she saw it shit and she just walked Ooh. off with the dog that was the last time I was in an airport that's a funny thought. Yeah. So were there a lot of like, was it a big Christian school? Is that the deal? No, it was like a, they, they're a legit band. Like, I don't know. It was, we went to, I can't remember what it was. It's like a big university in Virginia. It's their number one hit. <laughs> and it wasn't, I don't think it was a Christian university, but I might be wrong. It's interesting why, like why does... Why can't like a Christian band like make good music? Well, because it, like, it's not like, like, like I would, the music. I would actually <laughs> argue Chevelle made some decent music. Chevelle's a day. Christian band. Yeah, my really? dad mm-hmm. gave me the well, CD when I was a kid. It was uh, I don't know if I know how to say her name. JC. Um, Jesus Christ. JC Velasquez. <laughs> okay. Um, and she was. It was a female singer. I was like really. Mm-hmm. Really Christian. Good. Well, no, I mean, I used to listen to it. Mm. I also used to listen to um, Shania Twain. <laughs> so well, well, maybe I grew I'm making, up in right. a lot of weird places. I might be making an overgeneralization, but I tend to find that the Christian, any like Christian band tends to be really cheesy. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion. I agree. So like Skillet, <laughs> yeah. they weren't really, it wasn't like extra Christian like you wouldn't mm. really know okay. from their right. songs and definitely Chevelle yeah. I didn't know that yeah. that, that they were they identified as that yeah I mean like mm. I remember I remember somebody told me because I, I got into one of their first albums that was you know like when they really blew up and somebody was like oh you're into that Christian rock stuff and I was like Saint Christian rock. And I, I remember it was like on MySpace or something. Mm-hmm. And even on their profile, it said Christian rock band. Did you ever like go back and look at the lyrics and? Did it yeah, taint your yeah. like yeah, opinion of them? Like, did you bit. listen to them yeah. different? If I'm being honest, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know about Skillet until after I went to their concert. Like, mm. didn't know that mm-hmm. they were Christian. Okay, well, so but that could just be me yeah. being oblivious right. and half Italian. <laughs> yeah, and that's interesting. It would like. It would taint it too, just to know that. But then, in retrospect, then you're. It like, was around the time where I was kind of starting to question my religion and everything, so I think it was just a timing thing. I had about I, a few years earlier. Uh-huh. I feel like most uh, most people, and so I'm overgeneralizing maybe, <laughs> but I would think that a lot of people would think that's a true statement that Christian rock's cheesy. Yeah. It's for some reason, not as good as even I would imagine. This is, I, I might imagine even a Christian would be like, I like good music. Yeah. You know, and then maybe they're not so into because there are topics you might question if, depending on your beliefs. You mm-hmm. know, because um, there are like, yeah, I don't know. Like, there could be a lot of sex and drugs and stuff like that. So you, you know, you might, I don't know. Like, how about so when you listen to hip hop, 
you know, like I I will, um, you know, some of the things, you know, like uh, some old, you know, Snoop Dogg or or Warren G is so fucking dirty. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's like porn shit. Like nowadays, for, you know, like uh, Cardi B is like porn and Megan the Stallion or whatever. Yeah. It's like porn, like music. Porn, hip hop, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like a, it's you know the sounds that they make, what they're rapping about, what they look like. Yeah. They're sexualizing I mean? everything. Mm-hmm. It's right. Literally I mean, says macaroni the... in a pot. Like <laughs> talking about the sound of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with the internet and computers and mm-hmm. technology, there's a huge spread of mm-hmm. that. So I think people are becoming right. more. But that like, but do you ever like think that that's like bad to listen to? Like, does that affect you at all? So like this what is a they're thought about? process in uh-huh. like um, some of the prominent conservative right. you know, blacks is that okay, yeah. it's like when you celebrate and you model yourself off of. Um, the like, drugs and the sex, the gangster, the gangster too, stuff. Right, yeah. Then that's mm-hmm. what you get, right? Mm-hmm. And so, because you're idolizing, you're right? Up and to, so, what they're saying mm-hmm. to some degree is then you you can't blame oppression or racism or any of that stuff if you're going to model yourself off of a mm. right. You know, well, that's an interesting. Point. A, a, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, I don't want to say a negative well, perspective. Well, viewpoints uh, that might keep you down. Yeah, that would right? keep that you down. Would, that would keep that would you, get you in prison. Right? That would get you out of school. Because like yeah. 99.9% of them aren't going to be successful gangsters or rappers. But what or, about, yeah, yeah. Know, but what about the fact? Whatever. What about know? like who you listen just to, gonna, though? Mm-hmm. Like you never became like a, a, a Satanist because you like Black Sabbath. And, well, you know, right, I mean, not but, that they are. But like, I think that, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, that I mean, was but, different portrayal, right? You know because saying, you like, listen to the words, mm. though. Like, you listen to the words of War Pigs. Man, that's a pretty profound oh, you're right. piece, right? You're right. And, and it's um, heavy metal. The, the drummer wrote all those lyrics, and he was a deep dude, and, like, anti-war statements. And right, and yeah, so, yeah. you know, you see that with a lot During of Ozzy's music just mm-hmm. carrying through. Okay. Um, you know, there is drugs and sex and fast life. Um, but I think that the difference with those is there was enough like um, diversity because then you've got Rush, which now you're talking about historical events and, you know, um, present mm-hmm. events. Right. I mean, at least at mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. Digital Man and fucking, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? New World Man. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got all of those things that are kind of addressing times that aren't really talking about right. drugs, sex. Yeah. And so... Yeah, Pink Floyd. and You know, yeah. I think when you look at those things, I, this is what I think, right? I think mm-hmm. those do have an effect societally. But it goes back to everything that I've too. been talking about. Is but it, I still listen to Snoop Dogg, and I never would... You know, I mean, maybe it's just so ridiculous yeah. for a guy like me to have anything to do with that life. Sure. That I can't idolize it. <laughs> like, it could have something to do with it. But I listen to it. I, I'll even listen to, like, some death metal. That I question their their like what they're trying to do, you know. That, that's like. <laughs> where I was I was gonna say when yeah. I was like yeah, I mean when I was in my late teens, that was mostly what I listened to. That's what I began playing when I picked up a guitar was Slayer and mm-hmm. fucking Demu Borger, DSI. Oh, uh, I forgot about the Demu. They were like yeah yeah. 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 Um, I got a friend who owns a deli who's into all of that. Just yeah, yeah. hard. It's just. Who owns a deli? I'd say at that time, though, like, there definitely was. I got sucked into some weird shit, you know? Like, I 
I didn't always immerse myself in that world, but I had friends that were very deep into mm-hmm. that whole side of things, and they got into like astral projection and all this yeah. other kind of esoteric side of things. Occults, and, new, new, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then new they age kind of stuff. they got into like the Necronomicon, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. they fucking would have these like seances and. shit. But if you immerse magic, yourself, yeah. see, that's the thing, though. If you immerse yourself in it, you're gonna be mm-hmm. more like it. You're yeah. pretty balanced. You'll have fucking Indian flute music on and then <laughs> but I didn't back in the day though like when, yeah. even when I was a kid if I think about yeah, it yeah but like, kids uh-huh. right kids are fucking kids but I did idealize they're... things like maybe my idealizing was to like Kurt Cobain or something like uh-huh. that and and that is some that dark probably stuff. fit because yeah, yeah, from what and... you've told me about you that right. probably but, but fit are you, well. but yeah and are you just fitting your mind I guess the question I'm asking is like like how much do those things like influence you you know I think I mean? a ton because um, it gives you an identity. I, th- I think those things like legitimately give you something to belong to, right? You can be kind of gangster. You can wear your fucking pants around your goddamn knees. You can fucking turn your hat. You can, you, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole presence when mm-hmm. you do that. And I'm not dissing it. I'm saying it's a look, right? A scowl on mm-hmm. your face, a fucking, mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Being a little edgy, being a little disrespectful, being but a di- like, little yeah. bit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, okay. all of those types of things. And it's just like the heavy meddlers, right? They were the same kind of thing. They just mm-hmm. dressed right. a little bit different. But then, but gave but you, then a, you made the point earlier that like Black Sabbath and some other bands, they reach something else through that scene. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, you could say, like, there's in hip-hop, there's also, like, a, a lot of virtue in, inside of it. If you look mm-hmm. at Wu-Tang, Jay-Z, you know, there's, there's philosophy in there. And yeah. there's, like, a way to be. There's, like, hardness. There's style and, like, swag, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, like, you know, those are virtues, too. So it's, like... Um, it's hard to also like gen- overgeneralize because obviously, like there's, you know, when you're just being surface, like mm-hmm. I feel personally that a lot of the newer hip hop is just like pretending about some of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and think, it's like they're not saying anything. I I need you to say something to me like through the music, not just like some hook that you know and those are dope i'll like listen to it yeah. while i'm working out just a riff that gets you a yeah yeah and it's a, li- or a little right. fucking you know right beat but, that gets you yeah but uh, uh you know like for pure entertainment value so right. to speak mm-hmm. yeah but then there's always people even in those scenes that that get to something mm-hmm. more true less like negatively mm-hmm. culturally influencing kids and stuff see what i think though on this kind of stuff is that all of that is good it's got fucking merit it's like you know jake paul and logan paul they're not fucking fighters right and Mm -hmm. it's all entertainment but that's cool it's Mm -hmm. it's cool it's got some you know reverberating positive effects it brings attention to something i mean these guys are smart they're fucking i mean think of logan paul right his next fight is going to be mike tyson allegedly okay well in three fights he's like yeah i fought the two best fighters in the world <laughs> or you know or two of the best fighters yeah. in the world yeah. right i mean mayweather yeah. and yeah. fucking you know brilliance in it i think the problem is that there's got to be buffers right and you know when you look at what's happening in that community right now at least there's a 
large percentage of single mothers raising kids. Well, in if that was a large percentage in a white community or Hispanic community or whatever, it would have a similar type of result, you, you know, where you don't have positive influences. So where do you look at positive influences? And you look at, you know, like the positive things in some of that music is toughness, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I personally think, and this is what I say to people a lot, is when you look at, like if we're saying inner city kind of, you know, gangbanger type of environment, I think there's a lot of positives that are associated with that, right? right I mean, these kids that, yeah. get tough, they find a sense of belonging, mm-hmm. they have a family, you know, they seek these things out and those things provide. It's just there's a, a lot of negativity that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to teach people how to learn from these things and, and be positive, you get some cool shit out of it because what about a kid who grows up in a gang, it gives him a little bit of protection in a neighborhood, but he's also smart enough, right? Because he's got some other influence in his life to get him out of that gang, right? There's few people unless they spent time in prison or did, you know, really drastic things that are going to hate tough experiences that propel them forward. They're going to look back on that and be like, well, yeah, that sucked. It was a rough time, but I'm glad I went through that and experienced it because that was a catalyst to get me to my next stage in life. And those trials and struggles are so important. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know what I'm saying? We got to look at these things. Like I think more from a perspective of being able to see multiple layers to them right. than just stereotype it and well, say so, gangster yeah. rap is bad but right, right. you got to teach kids those things because mm-hmm. then again mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like a bully a bully is a fucking really positive thing in a lot of regards mm-hmm. and there's a good lesson like if i had a kid it wouldn't be such a bad thing if he was a bully for a bit and kind of got his ass kicked right mm-hmm. it could humble him mm-hmm. It could also hurt him if there was nothing to follow it up, right? But you could look at it and say, we've seen this in class with kids where you got one who was dominant for a while and then they were pushing everybody around and then all of a sudden they got fucking, ooh, they got beat. And if you can work with them and you know talk with them a little bit afterwards, guide them a little bit, all of a sudden that beating that they took becomes a real positive you know, um, experience versus a negative experience. But imagine if your kid never bullied, right? I mean, I was never really a bully, but we fucked with each other. We talked shit. We fucking did that. But imagine they're like, oh man, they never get that alpha male thing that you want to contain. And then what happens? Look at what happens in our world. You know, we got a lot of fucking, you know, kids that need that the old eric would call them a pussy the new eric just says they need a little bit of you know fucking masculinity injected in them and some people to guide them into fucking Mm -hmm. that direction right sure there's improvements coming i'm I'm working on it (laughs) baby steps baby steps so i've been thinking a little bit like this kind of reminds me of this like um i've been reading this guy um that book i told you about the metaphysics of war Mm -hmm. and he was like at one period of his life like you could say a fascist like an actual 1930s Uh in italy 
Like he somehow like aligned with them at some sure. period of time. And at least the one book I've read about mm-hmm. him, the guy says it was for a brief period of time. They didn't turn out to be what he thought they were. Yeah. And so later he like denounced them and like just went on with his own thing. And uh, he's a brilliant writer. Right. And like the whole book that I'm reading is, I mean, it's about war and stuff. So there might be some stuff in there. I, I'm uh, like halfway through. Mm-hmm. So far, it's like the spiritual aspects of war mm-hmm. and what it does for an individual. You read that one quote that I had put up, I think. But anyway, uh, he's a really yeah. good writer. So, yeah. so Recently, I, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting idea, though. Like um, just because someone did something wrong... You could say. I'm not even saying that he did. I don't, I don't know the details of it. Mm-hmm. Some people would say you shouldn't like read that. You know what I mean? So I posted that quote, for instance, just mm-hmm. even literally that. And one guy was like, you know, did a quick Google search. And you're going to just, if you search him on Google, it's going to come up fucking fascist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what's going to come up, you know? And, but it's more complex than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's interesting that some people would like to just like, so what? You can't read him? You know what I mean? Like, even if, in my view, I think, I mean, it's just something I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe, he, let's say he was a fascist. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know what that really means, mm-hmm. you know? Let's say he was. Does that mean you still can't, like, he still can't be a brilliant guy that, like, has ideas about the world? But that's you know what I'm saying? This, but like, it takes you know, it for yeah. them. They're People like, like to throw like the a... baby out with the bathwater. Right, like yeah. a Christian rock band or whatever. Yeah. It's like a label. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? That's that cancel culture idea, though. Like, once you've said right. something that yeah, yeah, yeah. counters your so, belief. So I was thinking about this, exactly. And it happens on both sides. It's not, right. like, exclusive. It's just, yeah. right now, the And if you looked like, at anybody's life, it's a, it's a utopian view of people. Uh-huh. And, and, a, and a view that says you can't forgive anybody. But wouldn't you, know you I mean? want to listen to the person who was that? Yeah. And would even be able if they to were, give you... Even if they were an evil yeah. person. You right. know? Like, even mean, if they were like like really, really bad and right. evil. You know, people read Mein Kampf Maybe for that reason. Maybe they just see it one-dimensionally. You know? So they don't Dif- see that yes. we have multiple right. totally. things. Yeah. And then like Martin Luther King was probably like a philanderer. Mm-hmm. So was Gandhi. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what, how what list you want to make. What does philander you know? mean? Oh, like they like fucked around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but or what about like Michael Jackson? Can you listen to Michael Jackson? Like just because yeah. even if even if it's true, because we don't really know. Mm-hmm. But even if it was, you know, like Thriller, it right. leans towards that side. I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, gotta, that's, a, that's a really bad thing be, to do. Pedophile. Yeah, like, <laughs> 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 but like, I still listen to Louis C.K. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, man, that's kind of dark that he's into that shit, but like... The Michael Jackson thing, <clears throat> you actually just made me have a little <laughs> fucking revelation because as gay as... I mean, of all the songs, PYT is probably, you know... I love that song. I love that, that song. I love that I song. fucking That's love that song. That's one of my song. favorite songs by him. Yeah. But it does make Pretty you Pretty young thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah. Thought, I remember realizing that. Yeah, yeah. Like, listening to it, like, oh my God, wait, that yeah. song. Yeah. That's that How thing, like, you know, Baby, It's Cold Outside, right? Oh, yeah. That Christmas song uh-huh, that was canceled go. because right. like there's the yeah, insinuation of drugging, like, yeah. hey, what's in this drink? I mean, right. can we separate those things? It's kind of like comedy. Can you separate it and say, well, gosh, yeah, that's funny. Gosh, yeah, that provides an entertainment, you know, can, again, this goes back to what the old Eric would say, people are being <laughs> fucking pussies. What's with this Whereas old Eric? The stuff, new Eric like, is like, <laughs> you know. He's still, he's if, still slipping it in there. If we, I think it might be because there's your birthday coming up. <laughs> if we help people become stronger, more confident, 
then you have much more tolerance, I believe, in allowing for these things. You might not want to partake or believe or, you know, be involved. But then if you are, it's like, okay. Um, I mean, does anybody ever watch the fucking Cosby show again? Right. You know, I mean, is that ever going to get aired? I like to win a that too. You know, Mm -hmm. like. Right. For what that did for the, you know. Black and it was community. like, yeah, yeah right yeah. back to the hip hop discussion. It was like a, a positive mm-hmm. um, black And the Huxtables, culture. right? Yeah. They were like the right. model wow, what, a, what a contradiction that yes. is. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Right? Well, I mean, and then you'd hear all the other comedians around that time that were talking about how Bill Cosby used to fucking lay into anybody that would even cuss on stage. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Eddie had those Eddie, yeah, did a whole yeah. thing. Yeah, Eddie, did he do it on stage? Have Eddie a yeah. Yeah. smile and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Pryor said. He did a great but, piece. Yeah, right. On, yeah, uh, on that. Yeah, interesting. Because he was a really, like, mm-hmm. you know, he could copy people. Like, right. Oh, yeah, his impressions. Voices. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about this? How about even a, a symbol? Right. So yeah, I had. Was, so I, I had. That. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone, and it is there, right? Yeah. yeah someone, oh, yeah, like, told me. That. Did you read that? Yeah. They're like, a, you know, you know, accused me in a, a roundabout way of, like, anti-Semitism or whatever. And it's someone I know, too. Um, and it's because of that symbol at the top, which was like, so, so you know where that came from. Do you know like details about that? Mm-hmm. Where that, what is it from yeah, exactly? The Buddhist symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's the Nazis just turned it right. Well, well, so that one's like a triad for one. Mm-hmm. The, the Nazi one is a cross. Oh. It's four. So right. did you see the white shirts that I had with that? So um, it had know. the triangle mm-hmm. and then we used the icon in the icon was white but the shirt was black mm. so what you saw was the inside right. more than the outside so right, right. Uh-huh. and that even looked uh-huh. like it i had a couple people uh, say to me like did, did they you okay, know yeah. well this mm. looks like a swastika right. so right. that right. taints it it taints it exactly yeah. but so what's interesting is for one that's not the one yeah right and and even if it was like i was so i, I even did some research on the swastika mm-hmm. and you ever hear about like the city troy was like in uh, like a poetry, like an ancient poetic novel. That's the only reason yeah, anybody knew about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't know if it was real. And so uh, some German guy goes down there. I forget if he was the main guy, archaeologist, you know, like looking for the city. Mm-hmm. And he found it. And then he also found. Then where was it at? In Turkey? I'm not, I don't, I think it was like across the Mediterranean from Greece, but uh-huh. I'm not, sh- I forget like the exact place. Um, so I'm not sure. But there were layers. Mm-hmm. So he found the cities before Troy and after Troy. Mm-hmm. So you know how that's how cultures do it. They yeah. just like build on top of the old city. Right. Um, and there were swastikas throughout the entire period, mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of them. So he found a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, and um, he brought them back to Germany. And at some point, that's how they, they made the Aryan connection, because Aryan is like a linguistic mm-hmm. um, category. Um, only that's how they used to be used, mm-hmm. um, was like the Indo-European languages or like German and, uh, um, and then Sanskrit's one of them. Mm-hmm. So there's like a bunch of European ones, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Latin, um, German, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. And then in India, the Aryans were the people that came in with the chariots, and they were like what lighter colored people. Like mm-hmm. this kind of just another one of those kind of stories. Like there were like these really dark skinned people. You could almost they almost look black, mm-hmm. and they live in South India, and they're the Dravidians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got driven down 
um, uh, by these people who were mountain people that lived in the mountains, called themselves the Aryans. And so there was like a linguistic connection, and that's where Aryan, and so then with all whatever the fuck they were thinking up in Germany about Aryans and the pure whatever. Mm -hmm. So then they kind of took that symbol and... And then some stuff about that symbol was interesting too. How who's the propaganda guy in Germany? Um, Goebbels. Yeah, um, he made it like illegal for anybody else to use the symbol. Mm -hmm. Besides, and they like really connected it with Hitler. So when Hitler like wasn't on screen, that the symbol was there instead, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And even the army would like march in it. Mm -hmm. So. You know, so there's a little bit of history of that or whatever where it comes from. And obviously it means something else before then. Mm -hmm. So it meant something in every layer. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the way I think about stuff, I think there may be even like metaphysical patterns where maybe meaning can be through time attributed to like a geom geometric symbol. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's a little far out. But, um, so, but then there's like symbols everywhere. They're, mm -hmm. they're in, you know, you dig up stuff in America and mm -hmm. there's swastikas in, in like, you know, you know, I bet even where you're from, you know, it's like those that people all like New Mexico, even southern Colorado and stuff. Mm -hmm. I saw some stuff with swastikas down there. So is it just if somebody misuses it, then it loses all its original value? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it got fucking dirtied, you know, yeah. like it's it's one of the more interesting stories of that ever happening. Mm -hmm. Like a symbol that you just can't like, you know. I just had a flashback of the of the high school that my mom worked at, and there were swastikas all over the tiles. Like, oh, really? They just never changed it in the school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, it was a pretty old-ass school. I don't know if it was pre-World War II necessarily, but, yeah, yeah, I always thought it was interesting that it was right. just yeah. in the tile patterns. Yeah. So it meant something else for thousands of years. You know, then the and, Nazis fucked it up. Right. Like yeah, eight years or ten years, right. whatever their Maybe they yeah. used kind of power. Yeah. The people. Yeah. Well, they were into like occult stuff and all that. Like so, you know, they at least some people thought that symbols had power. You yeah. know, um, and they used them that way. Right. Because weren't they on like some big archaeological quest to find right all as kinds many of, stuff. of the yeah. you know like. Um, the Holy Grail. Yeah, just yeah, the, right, the Ark, the Covenant. Uh, yeah. The legends, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they're supposed to be, they thought that they had found this a while back, but turns out it wasn't it. But, like, there's a legend of a Nazi, like, gold train and artifact mm. train that hmm. was, you know, there was either a bunker or something that they pulled it into and... Um, do you guys ever hear about that? It, they thought that they I heard about it in a movie, but I never... Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. There was, but again, like recently they thought they had found something that mm. seemed to be that. And I guess it turned out to be, mm. you know, nothing. Mm. Or maybe they're still excavating. I don't know. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. That'd be, you know, mm -hmm. kind of weird if they found some right. legendary, yeah. you know, artifacts. Would well, they, they were say, into UFOs too, say, you know. Hmm? Would they say if they did? Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> Not right. Until they I mean, thoroughly inspected everything. Yeah. Right. But they, but they kept paperwork. They were like super paperwork people. Like yeah, super they, put, <laughs> <laughs> they were. They were like, it was like, you know, super bureaucratic and you had a receipt for everything. And so I think that's how we know so much about them. Yeah. Is they kept such good records of everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we uh, did the same. Right. I mean, it's a modern thing. Yeah. But they also, they were into UFOs. There's a lot of like interesting cults. There's this one mm -hmm. that is, is fun that's like, ah, uh, man. Um, I'm not going to remember their name. Uh, so it was like run by these women that had like super long hair and they were like, you know, pretty hot. 
um, long hair like to their feet. And they were like, I don't know if you were like witches or whatever, and they had this like cult. One of them or one or all of them were like supposedly psychic and could like tell, see the future. And they were connected to aliens from outer space and, and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty interesting. And they had some influence, like somebody would like, you know, like they were like an oracle. They like, were the oracles yeah, that yeah, they yeah. sent. That <laughs> Hitler sent. He's yeah. like, go talk to the oracles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Invade yeah. Russia in the winter. Okay. <laughs> right. The oracle said yeah. it. And they have like blueprints of a UFO. That, uh, at least it was like a bell-shaped. Uh-huh. If you look up Nazi bell, mm-hmm. it's like I've a UFO. Uh, yeah. So they yeah. were like, you know. Did you guys ever hear about how they like relocated to Argentina? Yeah, there's a just, bunch of them did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like that's part of Project Paperclip. Yeah. Oh, really? Like you think? Okay, there's entire German cities in oh, Argentina right. mm-hmm. that yeah, they're like like you go down there. There's and a it's lot of European though. Nothing but German speaking. Uh, right. Yeah, and I think I in World War Two, I think a lot of yeah. people moved down there. Yeah. Yeah, because they were neutral mm-hmm. and so they mm-hmm. were safe right. havens. Chile, mm-hmm. I think, was another mm-hmm. big one. But then, yeah, Project Paperclip was like America and South America. Yeah, because there was that's even where NASA came from, right? There was even conspiracies that, um, you know, like Hitler lived. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, like there were or like even all these rumors of him being in one of those Argentinian right. cities. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think somebody uh, who was it? Not Tim Kennedy. Somebody had a fucking show on Sci-Fi Channel a couple of years ago. I think it's Tim Kennedy. To, was it Tim Kennedy? Yeah. yeah, it was Tim Kennedy. Then, uh-huh. Yeah. Went searching for Hitler and stuff. <laughs> I think uh, he. I know he did a couple of those yeah. types of mm-hmm. things. Yeah, it's one of those guys. Right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was interesting that whole you know associating you know and then yeah. uh, so you know just to to fill that out a little bit more being like accused with the art of being anti-Semitic or whatever being half Jewish and. And this person knows it, obviously. Um, and uh, another thing was like the book that uh-huh. I got, that uh, the rise of the Third Reich, yeah. the rise and fall. And I was like, uh, well, I heard that it was uh, like the definitive like history. If you want to learn about history, what happened? Uh-huh. Like everybody says that. Everybody like. Well, and you got to uh-huh. learn the other side perspective too. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You can't just have like all the. If you only have the winner's perspective. Right? Okay, whose whose perspective do you think that is then? What the uh, rise book, and fall? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. I'm just uh-huh. saying, yeah. like, if somebody is offended because you're reading material that was written by potentially somebody who's in that yeah. side, because we were talking about that just a little bit ago, right? Um, then and they get pissed or they don't want you to. It's like, well, fuck. You want to understand yeah. from that side of it. Exactly. Not just from right. yeah. your side's side, right? Right, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, then it's mm-hmm. fucking, mm-hmm. you get half the information. You know, right. mm-hmm. you get a picture of both of them, and then you can put together right. a pretty well-formulated mm-hmm. story. The The other side of the, of the picture that I also see is that when I read a book, mm-hmm. I give it, you know, if, I, if I'm going to commit to a book, I give that person respect. Yeah, I mean, like enough to start reading and then they have to catch me. They have to, they have to keep me into it. Mm-hmm. But then if they keep me into it, they they do have a lot of like hold over what I think. Mm-hmm. I've, I've started to see that. Like when I read a whole book about something or maybe when you it happens when you watch a documentary to a yeah. less degree, like that thing gets in you and you think that that's true. Yeah, now. the influence. You just it, like right. you just give it. You're but just that's like, why you got to you know, read another book from yeah. the other side of it mm-hmm. so that that pulls you back and then you can mm-hmm. formulate. Right. I mean, 
That's mm, yeah. I think is important as fucking. But should you choose carefully what books you read because they do like influence you? Well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I think mm-hmm. this is what I think on that mm-hmm. is that again it comes back to what we were talking about earlier and. I've spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and I listened to Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris and, you know, um, Alan Watts and just some of these people who can help you go deep, right? Yeah. What I always find with the answer coming back, and I think Jordan Peterson is the guy who touches on this the most, is that you've got to build yourself up to be fierce. I think he even has a quote that is like, a weak man is not a good man, you know, um, a right. strong man who can control mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, or temper it mm-hmm. is where where you want to be, and I think that that becomes such a key factor in all of this because if you're a strong person, a strong person has more confidence in making a decision, right? Of even choosing to make a decision, of choosing to read those things. A lot of people won't read something out of fear of being influenced. Right mm-hmm. or challenging mm-hmm. their belief. Like mm-hmm. I had a friend mm-hmm. who right. would always talk about the Bible, and I asked him, "Well, one, have you read the Bible?" And what came out was he's never really read it. He's only read it in church when they're reading mm-hmm. specific scriptures and things of that nature. Right? It's like okay, so you've never read it. And then what I asked him is, "Have you ever gone to another church or read another book on religion?" Mm. And he won't do that either. And it's like, well then how are you going to challenge to whether you need to change your belief or it confirms your belief, gives you more faith, right? And you can have faith in something Mm -hmm. and still challenge it because that's what the faith is based on. If it can't live up to the challenges that face it, it's fucking, it's a weak, you know, foundation anyway. What about this idea? I don't know if I can do it fast. Like, um, so so we have ideas about the world and we want them to evolve because times change mm-hmm. every day is different so we need to change we can't get like in that view like stuck in just one view and never challenge it never broaden it never mm-hmm. test against it and stuff like that so it needs to have some you know that's like the new stuff that's the progressive aspect of your worldview is the one that's like in touches the future because you have like all this past stuff mm-hmm. you have the past things you think about you have traditions and things ways to be mm-hmm. and all that stuff and then but then you got to like you're saying like read another book go to another church in this example like mm-hmm. you have to like give it some life some newness right but then the other side of that is like what what science did maybe is like it challenged everything, mm-hmm. you know? And so it broke down and deconstructed all of our like previous uh, structures that maybe were holding us together to the mm-hmm. point that nowadays we're all a little lost in like a meaning crisis and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and that maybe came from like, like knocking down well, all the, you know what I'm saying? Well, do you see the concept? Yeah, I, the, I like, do. It comes from, in my opinion, and I've again, I think about this a lot, it comes from too much change too fast. That's the difference between this progressive idea versus a conservative idea. I don't think that at least most of the conservatives that I have talked to, that they're opposed to change. And this is kind of the thing, like I had an old school jiu-jitsu instructor, and, and we talked about this. Um, kind of when mixed martial arts just started to hit the scene. And 
you know, this is before things were proven. This is, you know, whatever. He's like, well, I'm willing to change, but I'm not just going to change for the sake of change, right? Because yeah. then you don't know if that stuff is going to work. And if you've got a foundation in something that has some level of merit, it's better to hold on to that and see if the other thing is going to work for you than to just jump in to the other thing. Now, that's not with everything, right? But when it's profound things, you got to make those switches wisely. When it's something like a, a fashion trend, okay, well, maybe that's not the same level of impact as a spiritual or religious trend, mm-hmm. right? And so maybe you can change a fashion trend, you know, in the time it takes it to go from one coast to the next coast, right? And that mm-hmm. won't, you know, do so much damage on society if it's a bad trend, right? But if it's a religious trend of leaving God, for instance, and it turns out that that's a bad fucking deal, well, that thing happens so fast, it's like, Man, you don't know the damage that can come from that, right? And I think that that's one of the things that science has done is it's allowed things to change so fast that the progressives who want change, every single one that I have talked to, we're talking environmentalists to Mm -hmm. people who Mm -hmm. are concerned about the economy, have no idea what to do. They're like, we want change, change yeah. but it's just change for the sake of fucking change. But you see how I'm like applying that to like one person, mm-hmm. you know, like we all also live out that pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a progressive part of us that has to adapt to new things. So let's say we're the religious guy mm-hmm. that you're talking about, hasn't read the Bible, is just kind of like influenced by one side. Yeah. Maybe his Christianity isn't as true as someone else's because because he's he's stale and, mm-hmm. and doesn't do any active um, pursuit or whatever. Right. Um, so he needs a little progressivism, you could say, a little bit. I don't want to use that. I was just trying to make the analogy because yeah. there is that analogy no, to but the it, but it's individual. It's a, but, it's a but, good... but here's the problem then. It's like, so you tell that person, maybe you should go to another church. Maybe you should read... You know, then then maybe it becomes maybe you should read about Buddhism. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you should read about other religions. You know, then, you know, at some point... So the problem that I'm seeing is like, at what point do you reach that thing where you're now deconstructing everything with logic, but there's so many things, especially about religion and some of those, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, like traditional structures mm-hmm. and stuff that, that don't seem logical, but are there for a reason. Yeah. And because they don't seem logical, we'll pick it apart and say, why do we need that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so there's the danger is like, it's like, we want to think that we can like go through the world and and figure out ourselves what is going to work for us and mm-hmm. what isn't and we want to like piece together like our own spirituality that's what most people i know think they can do mm-hmm. you know not that that's wrong like they're a little bit of buddhism oh i learned meditation mm-hmm. from you know the mindfulness people and and then i like the stoic you know view of this and this and then maybe some christian thing of that but the problem with that is it's the logic mind is doing all those choices. Is it our egos choosing all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Like who's to say, like what about the fact I heard someone say this, like you go to church, one good thing about church is you're around a bunch of people you wouldn't be around on mm-hmm. purpose, mm-hmm. right? It's like a family, like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't choose your brothers and your parents mm-hmm. or whatever. So it forces you to be around someone who thinks differently, who you might not even like, mm-hmm. you know? And so your ego would say, eh, Take that out. And my spirituality is I hang out with people like me, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. people I respect, da, da, da. and there may be so many 
so a lot of value in things that our ego would want to just throw out. So the mm-hmm. danger of like creating our own belief system is that our ego kind of controls it. And so well, we're you really have like a foundation to, mm-hmm. to work off of. So mm-hmm. here's a jujitsu analogy that might, I mean, it's going to make sense to jujitsu people, but you, you, could, you know, you could, you non-jujitsu it people. But, <laughs> so um, uh, when there was the Danaher death squad, right? So um, they, you start with the foundations, foundations, taking the back, getting chokes, you know, arm bars, those kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. The traditional types of, it was like a bunch of, you know, submissions. That was like a tradition. Yeah, no, they, they work, Found, they still work, correct. even with all the new crazy correct. stuff. Yeah. And so then John Danaher, he kind of revolutionized leg locks. I mean, Dean Lister and, you know, Eddie Bravo and these guys were, were doing them, but not to the extent that Dan Hauer took it to. And even those guys were right? kind of revolutionaries too. Absolutely. They were right? fucking, yeah. they were awesome in, yeah. you know, how they've made the game evolve, right? Um, kind of progression. So what Dan Hauer did was work on that leg lock to develop such a leg lock system that everybody who was going up against like um, uh, the, the death squad, right, mm. knew that they had to, be good at leg locks, be good at defending them, because that's what they were going to hit. If you watch old Gary Tonin stuff, yeah. man, that's what he's going after, right? They're hammering that. And then what did they do? They went back to taking the back and choking people out, right? So they added a progressive approach to the game to expand their ability to improve the foundations that they already had, right? And so it would be different if they would have said okay well we're just gonna switch to leg locks and we're gonna forget all the other stuff Mm -hmm. well leg locks not saying they don't work but they have a tendency to be less successful in mma when someone can sit down and start hammer fisting Mm -hmm. you and and punching down and potentially you know snuff out your ability to finish the lock because maybe you got two hands attached to a foot and they still have leverage on you being able to you know come down they got gravity and momentum in their favor um so that would have been a huge catastrophe if it would have changed because they were beating everybody in tournaments to leg lock jujitsu, and that's all mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. right? At some level, it would be catastrophic. And again, that's what this progressive movement is doing is they're just moving to leg lock jujitsu. They don't have any plan of what is the leg lock jujitsu for. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with it? Where are you taking it? Mm-hmm. And so Danahauer, to a lot of degree just brought it right back then into standard jiu-jitsu so what did you do you expanded the the thing that works you made it more versatile but you never forgot about what works mm-hmm. right you mm-hmm. never leave that it's like religion is so important because it gives people something to believe in that works mm-hmm. why try to get rid of it with all of this scientific explanation of you know why God can't exist or all of that, those can coexist at the same time. Right. You can say, yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's an overemphasis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that's the principle. Then it's like, um, I was thinking it kind of seems like like a cool painting of it might be like a like a rocket ship or like a bullet or something, and tradition is like the the ship. And then the the new and the progressive is like the the tip where the person's at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like the burning point. You know, I I think I told you guys about this once that uh, George Clinton said that like 
kids are at the burning point of music. They just get what's new, right? And, and he said there's a new funk in every era. Mm-hmm. So every type of music has this, has this, this like certain specific swag to it. Um, and so the kids are at the burning point. Literally, they're, they're the new people, too. So they bring what's new, um, which, again, maybe would be but like... But if they don't have foundations, um, they only bring in new they shit. They only do new. But right. you, so you got to train them in the old. Yeah. And, uh, like, uh, I've noticed in my own life, my like I have a hard time with that with Phoenix. So I don't know if I was really taught it. You know, I've tried to learn it myself. The old, you know, those things that work, those patterns mm-hmm. that how to be a person. Right. Like I watched Dune. You guys, you watched Dune yet? Watched it. Oh, it's fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> dope. Dopeness. Especially, you should know the story a little bit because it's like a little vague or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but it's great. Anyway, wasn't isn't this a remake? Yeah. Isn't there an mm-hmm. old Dune? There's an old Dune. It was a David Lynch movie actually, It had Sting in it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anyway. There's like a king story in it and a prince. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Sting's (laughs) He's dope. Cool, yeah. Yeah. But there's like a king and a prince Uh in it, you know? It's like, it's kind of Game of Thrones in that way. It's like, what's cool about it is it's in the future and they've like, they have no computers. Yeah. So they still have spaceships and they space travel by the use of these beings that have to take like, they even use the word psychedelic in this movie, but in the old ones, they didn't use that word Mm -hmm. or in, in, in the book. But it's like the stuff called spice that is made by these giant worms on some planet. And when, when you inhale the spice, it's, uh, you, you get access to like other dimensions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then these certain beings can like bend space-time by using spice. And that's how they travel through space. But yeah, so it's like, it's like Game of Thrones in space. DMT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, whatever you want to think of it, yeah. And it's just like on the planet and it turns everybody's eyes blue. Hmm. You know? Interesting. Um, right. I'll watch um, it just for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's no, it's dope. Like visually, music-wise, the music is the shit. Um, anyway, uh, it has the whole thing of of the king like training the prince, mm-hmm. you know, and he's training the prince in the old ways, mm-hmm. and the old ways are dope. He's like, yeah. you know, he's got to be a knight. He's got to learn. Like, so it has a what's his name? Um, he was in No Country for Old Men. The the cop. You ever see that movie? Yeah, Tommy Lee. Uh, is it him? Man, shit. No, it's not him. It's it, it, He's also in it, though. It's uh, the other guy, the um, the guy that found the money. Oh, him. Josh Brolin? Josh Brolin. He's mm-hmm. the knight that trains him, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a badass. Um, but they, so yeah, he's got, he gets trained in those old ways, and those old ways just work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's like a lot of formality, and that's what we don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. We're so casual. We don't know how to like, what do you yeah. say to someone when someone dies? Yeah. What do you say to someone? Like, how do you say thank you to someone? Or how do you offer like things to people? You yeah. know, all Discipline, that stuff. Discipline, manners, all of yeah, those things. Yeah, have been, right. mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. it's like subservient, right? Yeah. Or whatever. You know, I've heard several parents say different things, why they don't teach their kids that. And mm-hmm. it's like, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that, but that's, what you need you need to have that until you're not you know yeah. and those things again are and it's like having both again like you need that formal right you know, are people making arguments mm-hmm. against teaching manners to their mm-hmm. kids is that what you're saying oh yeah <laughs> what the a fuck? lot of parents are like trying to be best friends with their kids because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. you know there's like a i think a draw to that like mm-hmm. gosh if I could be friends with my kids, it would be great because then, you know, you've got a different level of attachment. Um, 
Yeah, yeah and it's I hard to see a draw to yeah, that I for mean, sure because you don't want to like it sucks disciplining because sure. <clears throat> then someone in the house kind of doesn't like you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do we have this need that, to be that was liked? so honest the way you said that we have this need to be liked by everyone yeah. but see there yeah. you go Social right media. that's one of the things that they say with parenting you don't need to be liked by your kids you need to be but I get what you yeah. say because I have to say that to you guys sometimes and I feel like the fucking dick parent mm. but it's like you know like what I had to say to Nick Mm-hmm. a few weeks ago mm-hmm. right right i feel like the dick parent but somebody's got to say it because if you don't hear it then you're thinking that what you're doing is the right course maybe it is the right course but if you don't hear that other counter opposition then mm-hmm. you might yeah. not see that there's other choices <clears throat> out there or why you know this mm-hmm. is a, a not a great choice or mm-hmm. you know even just the ability to yeah, I heard. Um, Look at your choices and not feel boxed into something or yeah. whatever. I heard that Jonathan Haidt guy. Do you, do you know him? You guys yeah. know him? Yeah, the American mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dope. He's a psychologist guy, but whatever. Yeah. Um, he was saying, uh, "Ah, shit." See, I said his name and I forgot what I. Was. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Um, Jonathan Haidt. Yeah. Uh, saying about shit. Colin of the American mind. Well, what were you saying? Being able to make choices, like yeah, having. Yeah. Hearing, <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. It's that kids nowadays they all listen to young people. Mm-hmm. So, like back in the day, you know, you only have a few channels and everything was made by adults, yeah, right. And so, you're still, even though, and you, if you watch an old, he was saying like an old, like Mickey Mouse or something, you even get like 1940s culture, you get mm-hmm. like some of that, like old stuff. Mm-hmm. But now they're just listening to some 20 year old video gamer on mm-hmm. Twitch or whatever. And you know, Phoenix watches YouTube mm-hmm. guy people. You know, and so now they're not even getting, uh, they're getting even less influence from the old. Yeah. From, you know, and now you got trans superheroes. <laughs> uh-huh. Trans superheroes. Or bi superheroes. Oh, right. Like Superman. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Superman. Superman's son. It's is Superman's that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So the new it is. Superman. It's not Superman. Uh, so he's super bi. That's that's funny. <laughs> super confused. <laughs> super. Uh, yeah. Super. And bi-curious. that wouldn't get us canceled. <laughs> Have you guys watched the new? That was one video I thought we could grab. Is uh, Dave Chappelle's like statement on stage mm. about the Netflix? That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You you saw it? Yeah. Did you watch it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was good, right? Yeah, I think it's great that he's mm. holding his ground, and he's you know um, he also posted a video with a friend of his who was this trans comedian mm. and he had just met them you know mm. he so um, but I guess over a period of several days they had um, you know from the time that he met him or, or met her till the time that she passed um, right it was only a, a short period of time oh was that the person from the from story the special, in yeah. the special yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and yeah. so um, you know part of why she might have passed was because she got ostracized from her community because she supported mm-hmm. Chappelle, you know, mm-hmm. over like a couple jokes, right? And she's mm-hmm. a comedian, so she understands that mm-hmm. the value of, you mm-hmm. know, comedic expression. Well, yeah, that was, that was one thing he said was like everybody he knows, you know, the trans people, they're all supportive of him. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I mean, I believe him, you know, yeah. but whatever. Um, and uh, that it's actually not about that. He says it's about corporate interests 
telling him what he can and cannot say. Yeah. Exactly right. I you think know, that's like, what's happening with everything. Yeah, it's, right. And there's just a couple activists. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I heard someone say something interesting recently. I know this guy just online, and he went to school and, like, was in the whole woke at the beginning, like maybe yeah. the aughts or whatever you call that. Um, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And he, and he, so he was seeing it in school and believed it and was into it and stuff. And then he came around and to him, he thinks that they're just like using that stuff, like corporate elite people uh-huh. are just using that to like confuse everything. Sure. And to just like make every culture war. You guys fight among you right. least people. But look what know? they can do. They <laughs> can fucking do that and mandate a vaccine. That uh, vaccine isn't free. It might be free for us to go get, but it's all mm-hmm. taxpayer-funded money. Right, that's a lot of money. The, those companies have made billions and billions mm-hmm. and billions of new dollars just from this pandemic. Mm-hmm. But what does that do? It gives them the power, right? Because you keep everybody confused, in fear, mm-hmm. for people to be beholden to the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies. I mean, this is... To the it can't deep be state or whatever. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the look at what the deep state could be: Facebook, pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I mean, these well, guys. Use why wouldn't yeah. they why be wouldn't in they? cahoots yeah. with each other? Because they're like, right. look, what's cool? We're about, all going to be the mm-hmm. most powerful people yeah. because it's we, all we get influence. to know. Yeah, you, all the information we control. Right. It, what we control gets the out, information. What's true? What's not? We, you know, Hunter Biden. That's not yeah. true. If I can just put in the why trash. Would, right? Why would all yeah. of the tech Lably. industry be in favor of the pharmaceutical companies right now? Why would they shut anything opposition down if they're not in cahoots with well, one another? Well, so then you could also degree. say that they're using COVID too. The mm-hmm. elite. It's just like you could. I you think know, they one hundred percent gain more control, gain Whether more money. You know what's interesting about the trans thing yeah. is that once what what they what that thing has done, what the woke thing has done, is it made it so you can like so you know they're gonna want like hate speech laws or whatever, mm-hmm. and then hate speech is just like this this like amorphous term. So now they can just put anybody in jail for saying anything. Yeah, is what it like leads to is what they did with that whatever. fucking um, Proud Boys guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean Enrique Torrio or whatever his yeah. name is. Have you guys uh, seen him? I mean, not in a while. I've seen him. Yeah, he's yeah. as dark he's as like Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah, as yeah. you can get yeah. right. I think he's. Um, I don't. I think he's Puerto Rican and maybe um, Dominican. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. is freaking black yeah, right and they're they're saying that he's got hate speech against you know yeah blacks right. yeah, and yeah, gays so they can use right. that hate speech thing and right. then they can yeah then you can do whatever you want right so the powerful would want those kind of things because then they can use that yeah. stuff terrorist is the same thing you know you can call anybody you want a terrorist because you can just and change what it means right and a nazi, nazi. i mean all those words yeah, yeah uh, mm-hmm. well, uh what's his name uh Minopolis, uh, oh, uh, Milo. Milo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Milo is fucking, uh, what is he, an anti Semite right. fucking Nazi <laughs> who hates gays, <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't yeah. that what he is? And he's racist, a but he's like married or, to a yeah. black guy, and yeah, yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> and he's Jewish, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even like Ben Shapiro gets called a Nazi, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they get to use that. It's uh-huh. like a, a weapon that they like. That you know, uh, they called 
uh, Dave Chappelle, did you see that NPR one that he was using his white privilege? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> but that's why this cake and muffin fucking conversation is so important. Yeah. Got to call yeah. it what it is, right? <laughs> or do you change the fucking meaning to fit what your dessert desire is? I don't change the meaning. <laughs> so uh, what is it? I mean, the recipe called for a muffin, but I added things to it. So you take that to mean So it's a trans dessert. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys enjoyed it. It was a muffin. It became a cupcake. It became a pastry fluid. But I don't know. What's the difference between a muffin and a cupcake? That's what we're trying to decide. Exactly. So how can you decide what it is if you don't know? But I do want to say something. Mm. Um, It's just really... It seems like a lot of people have this black and white type of mentality of things, kind of like what we were saying earlier about being one-dimensional or seeing things as, or people as one-dimensional. And I think that leaves out a lot of the ability to see the other options or even consider Mm -hmm. them. Um, Makes them invisible. But I, I was wondering why that is. And then you talked about your ego controlling a lot of, mm-hmm. like, your actions, I guess, or your beliefs or what mm-hmm. have you. And I was thinking of this is what happens when I'm high. I was thinking <laughs> that we are literally out of control um, from, like, our birth is that we don't have any control over our birth and we don't have any control over our death. Yeah, you're happen. shot out into chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. taken away. You know those two things are certainties, and you know at the same time that you can't change those um, in that way, or at least for what that means. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if some people take that mindset of knowing that they are out of control to a completely mm-hmm. different level, so you know they believe the one thing, and then ego gets in the way, and then they believe this other thing. Um, that's what I think science does, is try to control it. Yeah. Because the spirit of things doesn't necessarily, in yeah. my opinion. Mm. I've also thought that um, part of, uh, like, you know, uh, authoritarianness is a view that the, everything's out of control and needs to be contained. brought into order and contained. Yeah, yeah so if you, if you think that everything's out of your control, like if you, for instance, like if you took like COVID and stuff, if you thought that no taking care of your health or nothing else mattered that you can control, um, it would be scary, more scary or whatever. It's like you would. That's how you're confused, right? You're confused when you don't have any control. Absolutely. And so, and that's what has been like in jujitsu. You can, if you can cause that confusion, you have more. Right. I'm assuming. Absolutely. You have more opportunities. Yeah. If I if I can control you in the regards of not letting you just get comfortable, right? Maybe that's the only control I exert over you. Man, you can't get settled, which means you can't think clearly if if you haven't trained yourself to think clearly in unsettling positions, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing about. I think getting tougher, right? The old days would have been not being a pussy. The new (laughs) days, it's getting tougher. I'm just trying to get people to understand the transition that I've gone through. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know there was a transition. This is all news to me today. It's been happening over a few weeks. 
Cat's out of the bag, I Cats, guess. Yeah. See? I'm going to probably slip a couple times, but, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, but we cut you off. If, no, I was just going to say, it sounded like from what you just said, I, and I hadn't really made the connection before, but religion is inherently surrender i mean you're you're giving yourself up to a higher being even you know with buddhism you're you're still in a way you got to surrender to this sort of set of of rules you know there's there's the eight steps there's the 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 eight or was it four noble truths and Uh um and science is the opposite of that it's it's how do we control the situation how do we Hmm. put things into a context that we can better understand the world and religion is the opposite of that it's trusting and putting faith into something that everything is just working the way that it's supposed to mm-hmm. and now since we've had religion removed and god's kind of been taken out of the picture now all of a sudden government is becoming religion political ideologies are replacing something's got to replace it that's exactly. the thing it's, it's a power that, vacuum yeah right that's, it's gonna, that's interesting because yeah i think that is the main point is that you need to surrender to something, mm-hmm. right? And so you're just going to. You're Otherwise, gonna, you'll just die. You know, you can right, only right. resist for so long. And you right? need something to have faith in to know what to do because mm-hmm. there's too many options. There's too many views of the world. But do we world. get to choose what we you surrender know? to? I think the yeah. tougher you get, right, I think you do. I think you get to choose because a lot of people have to surrender to any circumstance because they've got no skills to deal with with the myriad of things that could affect them, right? But as you get tougher, as you get more resilient, as you get more confident, there's going to be a lot of things that you're like, I don't need to surrender to that. I fucking, I know how to deal with that at the same time that I'm dealing with this while I'm dealing with this motherfucking thing, right? So we're surrendering, but to a point, not... And maybe even to a concept. You know what I'm saying? Because I hate the fucking word surrender, Mm -hmm. personally. Like, that to me is like that, you know, fucking pansy-ass yoga shit that's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Surrender to yourself. Okay. For I who? said pansy. For who? So, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm, it's, but the it's fact that steps. now we made a big deal out of it, it's as if you didn't say pansy. I, I, I took it from the context of, of Richard Alpert. That's why I used that word was because I was thinking about it in a psychedelic sense. Yeah. Of when you take a psychedelic, yeah. you, you, you don't do have a choice have to, though, but you don't yeah. have a choice there. Well, that that's what right. I'm saying. There's that, no choice at that that's, point. That's why I constantly, when people have trouble with yeah. with having faith in uh-huh. something i'd tell them maybe psychedelics will be good because it and you know maybe it's the wrong way to look at it but in a way it, it makes you have faith in yourself you also have to put some faith into the substance to kind of guide you through the experience mm-hmm. and if you've put yourself into a good position of a you know a safe environment mm-hmm. so to speak where you can feel comfortable mm-hmm. while you're going through this experience you are surrendering to the environment for that duration of see my my hours. belief on that and this what is what about rolling with the punches i think i think <laughs> words matter rolling with the punches yeah. coexisting is what i like to use yeah. because here's the thing like emotions a lot of times people surrender to their emotions mm-hmm. and fucking flip the fuck out or they make really bad choices because it's all emotions but if on the flip side, then people are controlling and bottling up their emotions and they become very callous and very jaded and very, you know, non-connecting to other people. I believe you've got to coexist with them. you got to understand what they're for. And so w- when I've taken psychedelics, and I haven't taken a hard trip in a long time, 
But what I always did, because I've never had a bad trip, is accept that this is where I'm going, but never giving up control. And that's something that maybe I haven't gone deep enough. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? But I've gone pretty deep. But there's always been that element where I can see it's kind of like you, you tie a string and you're walking through a cave, right? And you got that string attached so you know your way out. So if I need to get back for a second for whatever that might be, that I got a lifeline to get myself back. And so in that regard, at least, and maybe this is a failure in my place, and I, I oftentimes wonder um, if that is something, but I've never gone that deep into something where that lifeline has been snipped. And, you know, again, that, that to me, it's like when we train. And so we go into red zone training where you're fucking bent over huffing, right? You can only last in that place for so long. It's just the way it is. And, you know, I used to make fun of, um, like, crossfitters and uh some guys that i knew like one guy in here uh we went mountain biking we were up in moab and then when we came back you know he was giving me shit he was kind of talking he was like you know galvin i think mountain biking might be harder than your class right <laughs> and he's fucking with me okay but we were doing mma um so again we're we're going light as far as we're not trying to kill each other but you know we stepped it up Took him down right away, got on top, and just started punching him in the face. Not hard, but, you know, hitting him, intensity, high volume. And he's, like, starting to tap. Okay, okay, okay. And I didn't get off him. And stayed hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. And finally let him up when I was able to get up or when I decided to get up, right? And it was, like, friendly torture. It wasn't, like, again, I'm fucking some student up. Or, with elbows yeah. and shit, yeah. So... Then afterwards, I made a joke to him, and I'm like, you can always get off your mountain bike and walk. But if someone's on top of you and you can't escape, you can't fucking escape. And so then the thing that I used to laugh about with some of my CrossFit friends is they go so hard. And then as soon as they're, you know, wad, they finish that wad, they're fucking bent over, huffing and puffing. And they got no more. And it's like, see, that's the time when I'd kick the shit out of you. Yeah. I probably couldn't kick the shit out of you the other times, but I could hang with you. And so then into red zone, what I like is you go into red zone, you know what that place is like, and you take one step out of it. Yeah. So now I'm one step out of it, which means I can hang there, right? You're in red zone. You go too far. What if you need to come back, right? And so, so, so this is a really interesting, uh, you know, this is good. You could I almost take it. I liked the cave analogy. I was just going to throw that. Oh, out and I, can I add great. one more thing yeah. on that? It reminded me of what uh, Wim Hof says for mm. like being able to withstand those cold mm. or ice mm. baths. Mm -hmm. um, and that is you're walking into it. You're not letting it, you know, like mm. you're Consume the one going you? into yeah. it as opposed mm. to. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I think I think there's it's a really hard question between control and surrender and what mm -hmm. that really means. Um, and uh, you know, like the way I look at it, it's like maybe I was telling you about that, like Taoist. One of these Taoist mm -hmm. masters, they called him the like the one that could ride the wind. Mm -hmm. And and surrender to me sounds more like 
some like maybe one here's one idea mm-hmm. um someone who the, the ability to like recognize the Tao, the non the state of non-action being in the flow state mm-hmm. you know what i mean you the surrender state of no state yeah yeah you surrender to that mm-hmm. right and, and so the difference is the other way is a controlled um egoistic often logical mm-hmm. you know you're thinking about your moves you know what i mean what do mm-hmm. i do now oh this guy you know and that state is just not high enough mm-hmm. to like be in your best that's not mm-hmm. your best state right, right? so so mm-hmm. then the question because mm-hmm. again for me i'm an options guy mm-hmm. i like to have options mm-hmm. right so if i what if i surrender at the wrong time at the wrong moment well, that's to the your wrong mind place. that's exactly the thing right. though but that's exactly the thing because that's so your logic you, mind though but right that's right. that mind and so if you hold exist with it until you understand where you're at then like you could do that forever though because you could Correct. make the argument you Correct. might like when i don't know the answer to this mm-hmm. but it does seem like there's a time in a psychedelic yep. trip when you should cut that wire mm-hmm. Like you're just not gonna, you're not gonna get. But this now you're is controlling the faith, it, you know? right? It is. You've got to have the faith in you yourself do. to know, or you take that enough you that you don't know get to it's decide. the right time to release, <laughs> no. right? No, I think it's a choice of going into the cave. You think so? And I think. I think you're right. I've resisted it. Can only go it. so I've, far I've, into I've, the cave sometimes. I've I've been on a lot, and I've resisted it, and, and it didn't happen. It doesn't, or whatever. It doesn't right. end well usually when right. you resist, right? It's yeah, it can be a this, horrible experience. Yeah. And and I I think over time I learned how to coexist, like Eric's saying. But I think to get to that place, at least when I was younger, when I first really started taking heavy doses, and maybe this was just a product of my own kind of fucked up mind at the time. You know, I had a lot of animosity towards the world. I had a lot of uh, um just anger in general you know i was pissed off at everything i hated people and i had you know several of my first you know maybe five to ten trips were great and then i had one that fucking just threw me into a whirlwind and i remember um i i can remember one time specifically when my parents went out of town and i had the house to myself and i was like i'm just gonna have some friends over we'll chill and I remembered I had this bag of mushrooms and I had like a beer. I think I'd literally, I didn't even finish it. I got through like three quarters of a beer and I decided I was going to eat. I, I didn't even take that heavy a, of a dose, honestly. It was maybe two and a half grams of mushrooms. But for some reason, it interacted it with the beer in a way that it just fucking like supercharged in my system. I think it was like 17 at the time. And we we're like in the backyard. I had all these friends over. Everybody's having a good time. And all of a sudden I could see these little fucking creatures running through the yard. And I had never really had like vivid hallucinations at this point. Like I had had heavy trips before, but had never really seen shit that wasn't there. And I was seeing these little gnomes and I was fucking freaking out. And I was like, I just looked uh, like, I probably looked terrified. All my friends were like, what's wrong with you? I was like, everybody's got to fucking leave. I was like, everybody leave now. They were only there for maybe 30, 40 minutes. So they're all like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, you guys have to go. So everybody leaves. And I had this cat at the time, and she was fucking uh, fucking weird cat. I mean, she was born with this malnutrition deficiency. That's whatever. But she walked funny. She was super strange, always weird. But on this particular night, it was like she she connected with me in the cats, trip cats are connected to that world i'm telling you yeah. I hear cats are empaths <laughs> yeah so i i i spent 
the good better half of the first half of the trip trying to fight it at every turn like i was just like i need to calm myself down i was like drinking milk trying to find yogurt and shit yeah. any kind of dairy because i metabolized yeah to try yeah, to yeah, fucking yeah, calm yeah. The, the reaction <laughs> nothing was working and i i went up and like I, I remember trying to go down to the basement where my bedroom was and i instantly just like felt so dark down there i was like i cannot stay in the basement so i go back upstairs i'm like i'm sleeping in my parents bed I'm laying in the bed and the whole time I'm just like, I need to like, I need to calm this down. I need to come down from this trip. I can't fucking, and I like, I remember putting stand-up comedy on. I was like, this will fucking, for sure, this is going <laughs> to pull me out of it. Or just listen to some funny shit. And as I'm like five minutes into the, the set, the comedian's voice, I don't know if it was Louis C.K. or who I put on, but it started getting deeper and it started sounding demonic. And, it, and then all the laughter in the audience started getting real demonic. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so I shut the TV off. I remember I had this glass of water and I just slammed it and I was just shut my eyes. I'm going to go to bed. My parents had this, like the, the beds like facing the TV and then they had this long hall towards the closet at the end and both the doors are open, right? And I, as a kid, I was always terrified of this closet anytime it was dark in that room. And so I'm laying in the bed, shut my eyes, I try to fucking go to sleep and I'm trying everything. I'm trying to just meditate, have positive thoughts. I'm trying to fucking calm myself down. And the cat comes up on the bed. She comes rushing in the room, lays right on my chest. And I, I start like kind of dozing off, but while I'm like, I, I was like between sleep and conscious, like I could still hear the cat, I could still hear shit outside, but I felt like I was asleep. And all of a sudden I wake up and the glass of water that I drank probably, I don't know how much time had passed, just comes shooting out of my mouth, like clean. Like I didn't throw up, I, I had eaten food before and the water just came out clean on the bed. It was just fucking wet everywhere and I look up and I could see these things coming out of the fucking closet and I'm like losing my shit like I am completely losing my shit and these shadows start coming and the cat fucking jumps off the bed she starts walking towards the shadows and I shit you not she starts hissing at the closet and I see the shadows retreat and at this point I'm like okay I'm in this shit like there's there's nothing <laughs> else deep. there's nothing I can do at this point but to just fucking accept this is going to be over in another 3 hours and I just sat there and I just watched these things come and go through the room and at that point that was my surrender that was like I have to give up I have to stop I I I reframed everything in my mind I was like okay this shit is obviously terrifying right now but it's not going to hurt me. I was like, this is just the mushroom. But see, that's not surrendering. You're coexisting. coexisting, exactly. Right. And now I'm realizing that because mm-hmm. I just heard you say it, but it, it was still, it was still a form of surrender, but mm-hmm. it's, it's surrendering to the fact that I only got three hours left. You know, there is yeah. a time limit and you on had this a experience. Cat guide and you had yeah. some, you know what I'm saying? You had some allies going into it. Mm-hmm. It's then you can, again, like, you can always let your guard down. Like if, you know, if I'm walking through a fucking rough neighborhood and there's me, your guard's going to be fucking up, man. Everything is a fucking scare. You got to look this way, that way, fucking all around you. But if I got three guys or three people, right, uh, you can let your guard down a little bit. You got that person covering that side. You got that person covering that side, hmm. right? Ah, you can, you can relax a little bit so you know if you guys like that fucking <laughs> yoga word surrender you can surrender to that right 
But so I, I think we should. I think we should continue this sometime. Like we should stop soon. But um, I think this is another really like you know like the the monk or the warrior <laughs> mind. I think this is another one of those because mm-hmm. it also applies to self sacrifice. You know, we're always talking about like self responsibility mm-hmm. and and not you know. But I think there is some deep truth inside of that word surrender mm-hmm. and self-sacrifice on the a other lot side of, symbolism of things. In it. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's something on the other side of that, and it's a complicated yeah. one, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think there's it just a sounds lot more. like balance coexisting. I, you know, what I suspect, and I don't know how to like talk about this, but I suspect is one of the highest things you can do is actually surrender yeah. um, to the right thing. And, and to uh, well, you know, to self-sacrifice. Yeah. Like there's, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to reconcile that idea because of all the negative things mm-hmm. in the lower region, in the you know the lower ways yeah. that you can do those things. Yeah. I agree with you. Right. Right. But I don't know. I think we should like that's another one. I and, think that would be think good about to continue, this. I'll so. leave you with this to think about. <laughs> yeah. Right. So again, I think to do anything well, you have to practice at doing it. Yeah. Right. Mm anything i think surrendering again i'm not into that word but (laughs) it's you have to practice to do that otherwise you can't let go right Mm -hmm. i mean and so again going back to maybe jujitsu yeah letting go i like letting go because i was just thinking when I tap to you guys, am I fucking surrendering? Because if that's the case, I'm not going to tap to you guys. <laughs> well, check us right? out. You know, am I coexisting <laughs> with your jujitsu, or am I fucking surrendering? I, because if I'm surrendering, if you think I'm surrendering, to you, <laughs> fuck, then we're going on. It's a fucking fight. But isn't that what I want you to do, though? I want you to surrender. So, so what are you, you or, saying? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, but I guess it comes down to like also what is really surrendering because. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what yep. I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So, so, so you're saying coexist is the other side? I like That's the like, idea of uh, coexist I'm gonna, because I'm I can, I can <laughs> in my I'm mind, think about that. if Anna took my back, right? Let's just say we're grappling, and this is a, a far-fetched fantasy <laughs> idea, but let's say you actually take my back, sink a choke, and we're in this choke. Well... If I tap, am I surrendering? Or am I coexisting with Honest Jiu-Jitsu? She got the better position than me. She got that in, you know, so I'm <laughs> tapping, yeah. right? But again, if, if I'm surrendering to you, then you're choking me unconscious because then I'm not going to fucking tap. I'm going to do 100% to escape that fucking move. So, so surrender. surrender to me has a different connotation, right? I mean, in the U.S. military, yeah, yeah. Army Infantry, we're, there's no surrender. I'm looking at it in a, in a different way. Yeah. I think you're right. But and you're then, going to a higher level of surrender. I, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Yes. Well, we got to fucking... That's what it is. I if I can't... have different contexts. If it I does. can't do it, it at the low, you know, yeah. fucking ape... Level, and I, I like the idea of practicing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it <laughs> at a higher level. Right. And so right. it, it's also in Dune, and I think it's, uh, I don't know if they address it in the next one, or you know, where he he's a warrior, right? And he goes like with the desert people on uh-huh. this planet, and he has visions of himself. And this voice is constantly telling him in, in a way that in this fight that he keeps seeing, he has to be killed. Mm-hmm. 
like for him because there's like a it's it's a messiah type of story mm-hmm. like he's like maybe the, Matrix, the yes it's a, yeah and i think the die. new the the they use the same words actually i wonder if the matrix guys got that from there that he's the one yeah. they're using that the whole time is he the one everybody's always like quite saying is he the one or whatever but that's how he has to get there he has to let himself be killed mm-hmm. you know so yeah but all right Anna. anything to add to this final closing <laughs> argument the one i feel like mm. we've always had the one it's just yeah. the one in a, in that nucleus in that context people i'm just thinking of when people think of the one it's just the one and the only but it still has depth to that it's not for everyone mm. i don't know it's like there's clusters of the one anyway i just think of jet fractals the one <laughs> oh man you ever see that movie? <laughs> i never saw that one it's like so i'm a jelly I, fan I, love that uh, I think I, yeah that was like probably one of the first movies that really got me into martial uh, arts i mean jackie chan did too when i was a kid but yes all right yeah. cool sent 420 yep later don't surrender. Don't, Don't surrender. surrender. <laughs> Yet, until we define what it means. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>